Hey there, this is Jeanine Ledford, your intercultural creativity keynote speaker, and this is the Diamond Mentor Moments on the Create and Grow Rich podcast, produced by Cafe Strategies, an industry leader and founder in intercultural creativity training. These are just short gems to help you grow in your intercultural creative thinking, which is now the number one skill needed in this global workforce. We hope you enjoy the lessons learned here, and don't forget to look for the book, The Seven Gems of Intercultural Creativity, How to Connect, Create, and Innovate Across Cultural Lines. Now, enjoy this gem. I am talking today about a lesson from Lincoln to help us understand intercultural creativity a little bit better. So this was a picture that my fourth grade student made for me many years ago. She's much older now, and it just really symbolizes my love for Lincoln and my just learning about just who he was and the lessons from his life and what he did for our our nation. Now, our nation has idolized him. Of course, we have statues and everything. But one thing I want you to know is, of course, he did a great thing as far as the work he did during the Civil War. Everyone knows that he was against slavery. In fact, some of his quotes say, you know, when the hour comes for dealing with slavery, I trust I will be willing to do my duty, though it cost my life. So we know his feelings towards that institution. What a lot of people don't know is that even though he felt slavery was wrong, he also believed that black people weren't on the same intellectual level as white people. Now, knowing that he was born in 1809 and he lived in the 1800s and what was going on there culturally, not a huge surprise that he had that mindset. But a lot of people really look at abolitionists as one big group of people with the same mindset. But even though abolitionists wanted slavery to end, they were at different levels of what inclusion looked like for African-Americans at that time. Some people wanted full inclusion. Some people wanted, and like Lincoln, wanted slavery to end, but then wanted to send the Black people to the Caribbean or back to Africa or just somewhere else. They shouldn't live in the United States of America, for they were not on the same level as the dominant culture. So a lot of people don't understand that and don't think about that part of Lincoln and his work during that time. Now, when I talk about intercultural creativity, you know, creativity isn't just artistry. It's about developing new ideas. Interculturalness isn't just about ethnicity and nationality. It's about groups of people having the same values and beliefs and structures going on. So that's intercultural creativity, the process of problem finding and problem solving with value, relevance, and novelty with people from different lived backgrounds and experiences than you. And so going back to Lincoln, even though he wanted slavery to be wrong, he didn't feel black people needed to stay in America because we were not on the same level as the dominant culture. So keep that in mind. Really quick. I need you to understand that intercultural competence is a developmental process. When you see a five-year-old, and this is my son, he's not five years, he's like two here. But when you see a five-year-old, you know developmentally they're not going to be doing trig, right, or calculus. You know developmentally they're not there yet. But you'll never say to a five-year-old, you'll never do trig. You just know things have to go in place. There has to be tools in place, experiences, exposure, and instruction for that five-year-old to one day get to a position where they can handle advanced math, right? And handle the different movements within uh, number sense and things like that. 
Everyone understands that math is a developmental process. Well, intercultural competence is a developmental process as well. Intercultural competence is your cultural self-understanding, right? Self-awareness, that's really big right now, especially in the business field and in leadership. Being self-aware is key. Cultural other understanding, your ability to look at nuances with other people, your ability to, to spot different things, that is big as well. So intercultural competence is the capacity to shift perspective and behavior based on commonalities and differences by experiencing cultures with greater levels of complexity, right? And there, there's your seven gems, your observation, your curiosity, your perspective shifting. And so intercultural competence is required for inclusion. We're focused on diversity. We want to get to inclusion, but a lot of people aren't talking about those steps in the middle, the tools that we need to develop to get from diversity, having a diverse mix of people to get to inclusion. That's the intercultural competence, the how. Once again, if intercultural competence is required for inclusion, intercultural competence is required for self-awareness. And self-awareness actually is required for intercultural competence. So this, these are the different levels involved. And you can go to the IDI website. It's in the show notes in this particular live video that some people are in a monocultural mindset and other people have done the developmental work and they're in an intercultural mindset. It's easier to shift between cultural groups and you have more of awareness of complexity commonalities, differences, you're making connections, you're seeing patterns, things like that. So let's get back to Lincoln. Why am I bringing up Lincoln? During his life, he knew slavery was wrong. He saw it firsthand. And I don't have time to go to the whole historical background. I've been studying Lincoln since, since the sixth grade, read a few, few books. So I definitely understand his journey. But if you read his speeches, if you read his speeches, if you look at the debates, if you see his position, you'll see him slowly go from that mindset that all black people should be free, but they shouldn't live here. They're not at the same level as whites to the end of his life where he comes to the realization that the capacities are more or less the same. How did that happen? What is that key that moved him into that direction? Here it is, a man by the name of Frederick Douglass, one of the few people to visit the White House at that time, Sojourner Truth visited, but Frederick Douglass visited the White House about three times. And the first time, if you see this picture here, I use it in my classes at the university that I taught at. He is pleading with Lincoln to make sure that black men who are fighting for the union have equal rights as everyone else and, and are able to actually he's, he's pleading for the black men to have a chance to fight in the first place. And then he goes back and talk about equality and inclusion within the union forces. But Lincoln takes a liking to him. Lincoln connects with him. Lincoln goes outside of his norm and goes interculturally to connect with Douglas. In fact, there's a story that Douglas was waiting outside. You know, there's always a line to see the president, especially at that time. And he finds out that Douglas is in line and he calls him and Douglas basically skips the line past like 10 other men and they get all offended and a few of them throw racial slurs at him. But Douglas stays focused and keeps walking. And during Lincoln's second inaugural ad address, Douglas is there. And Douglas goes to the White House after it 
and gets turned away by the guards. And Lincoln finds out and summons Doug was to come back and asked him, what did you think about my speech? Because it is your opinion that I value the most. And so it wasn't until the end of his life where Lincoln finally realized that the capacity of all people, the creative capacity of all people are the same, but that mind shift did not happen until he interculturally connected with someone from a different lived experience, Douglas was the one who brought the experience of the black man, the experience of what was going on with the black men in the army, the experience of, of slavery, basically, and wanting to be free, these black men wanting to fight for their own freedom to the White House. He brought that lived experience to the White House so Lincoln could see the perspective that he was missing. And so basically at the end of his life, that's why Lincoln had had that shift of fighting for the black man to get the right to vote, which sadly was one of the catalysts of why he was assassinated. But that shift did happen nonetheless. And so I have been studying this my entire life. I started in the sixth grade. The Lincoln Fellowship was my first fellowship. I went to his office. I went to his barrel ground. I went to his, his home. I went to his um, home in Salem as well. I went to Ford Theater and where they took his body across the street before he passed. The only place I haven't gone to is Gettysburg. So I would love to visit Gettysburg. But one last example. So that's Lincoln moving from a monocultural mindset more into an intercultural mindset through interactions with people from different lived experiences. That's his intercultural development, which opened up his creativity, which had them think of new creative ideas of moving the nation forward for the Black men to have the right to vote. Can you move the other direction? Of course you can, and it usually happens during your formative years. Here's a quick example of the effect of culture during your formative years. There's a movie out there called 42 with Chadwick Boseman, who I actually met at an event before he passed away. Great actor, great soul. He's one of those people who you meet in real life and you're happy you did because he's as awesome in real life as he is on the screen. So beautiful soul. This is from the movie 42, which is a reenactment of the life of Jackie Robinson. And there's this scene, pivotal scene, and I use it a lot in my teachings and my examples because it's a key example of how isms, you're not born with them, they're taught. There's this little boy who is going to see the Dodgers play for the first time. You see it on his face. He is so excited to be there. You know, they're calling out the numbers, the runners are coming out on the field, he's screaming, and then they call out Jackie Robinson. And he is excited to see Jackie Robinson play. And so you see this excitement and suddenly you see him and his dad starts screaming at Jackie Robinson, but he's not screaming the same excitement. He's screaming racial slurs, negative comments, very bullying type of statements. And when you look at that, you know, there's a dad screaming and the boy's looking confused. You see the cognitive dissonance going on. And the boy's like, wait, I'm excited to see him, but my dad is saying, you don't belong here. Get off the field and the N-word's coming out and there's other people around him screaming the same thing. And so you see the cognitive dissonance happening in this young child's brain. And then it clicks for the child and he starts screaming racial slurs and negative comments too. The reason why I'm connecting this to creative development is in the Medici effect. It states that innovation and creativity 
happen at the intersection of disciplines, of fields, right, of experiences and cultures. The best ideas come from when you're able to cross fertilize these different experiences come together. And so what that little boy just lost was a chance to connect with Jackie Robinson and other people like him. Any type of creative thoughts the little boy could have had were suddenly squashed because now he was in a culture, in a family culture in this situation. Sometimes it's a work culture, an organizational culture or what have you. But he was in a family culture that was polarizing and separating people who had different lived experience from him. And so I, I wanted talk about this really quick because I want people to understand that a lot of times on that continuum that you see here, there may be some people in a denial or a monocultural mindset or a polarization mind, mindset where they may not be connected really to people from different lived experiences. A lot of time it's because of the formative years. So during our self-awareness training, we do a lot of work of what was going on during your formative years and how is that playing out in your workforce years, in your adult years, because they manifest these subconscious, unconscious biases that you got in your formative years manifest during your adult years. And in first self, the first step is self-awareness. So you can manage those biases. You can start to dismantle these negative belief systems and polarizing belief systems and rebuild from the ground up. In the words of Frederick Douglass, he says it's easier to build strong children than repair broken men or women, which is true. But that's why I'm in the workforce now and doing trainings in the workforce, even though I did work with children and I love those years. And I'll probably be back doing some more work in the K-12 system. But we have to do a lot of work in the workforce because you have to look at and analyze those structures that were built during the formative years and then do the work to rebuild. So you can move along this developmental continuum of intercultural competence, which allows you to connect with people from different lived backgrounds. And so I just want to um, remind you that we do have the seven gems of intercultural creativity, mindset, empathy, observation, curiosity, perspective shifting, authentic adaptation, and then being a bridge. You can find out some more information about that at cafestrategies.com. And don't forget my book hopefully is coming out if I can get this thing done. Um, later on this year, we have wonderful self-awareness trainings, wonderful just intercultural creativity trainings, wonderful creativity boxes, unconscious bias trainings, curiosity trainings, perspectives trainings, microaggression, how, how to be aware of, of uh, dismantling microaggressions within the workforce. But we do a lot of hands-on stuff we do a lot of psychological work and it's just hard work but it's interactive work because we learn best through experience so this was a long one but it was a deep one and go live your best intercultural life go make those connections and we will see you next time bye bye